accusés d'un vol qu'ils n'ont pas commis, n'ayant aucun moyen d'en faire la preuve, ils fuient sans cesse devant leurs poursuivants. Pour subsister, ils emploient leurs compétences. Quand la loi ne peut plus rien pour vous, il vous reste un recours, un seul, l'agence Tourisque. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, and I am here tonight as the advocate for the host of the SummerSlam Fantasy Booking Podcast, the four in four in zero in Rogue Opinions quizzes, the joke sniper himself, Scott McLeod. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very much to Paul Heyman for doing the introduction for this, this episode. No, me and him. We're born on the same day. We've got that connection. No, me and him. Uh, yes, welcome everyone to Rogue Opinions, where we're taking our hand once again at fantasy booking. As uh, the rumours came out recently that SummerSlam may or may not take place somewhat on a beach, and some of it maybe even on a boat, as well as just being in the performance centre. So we thought we'd, we'd take a wee aspect of this, and even though WWE may not fully take advantage of this, we thought, what would we like to see in a SummerSlam that was on a beach or a boat? And I got the two best people I could possibly think of that were also available to do this with me. First off, we have the one and only commentator extraordinaire, Jimmy Baxter. Oh, hi. Thank you. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Thank you for having me, Scott. Mm. I'm, I'm very happy that you're here. Thank you. And we, have, and we also have a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Greenaway is here. Hello, Nathan. Hello. I have to say, I thought that was Howard Finkel for a few seconds. And I also don't think you can ever moan at Jimmy whenever he tries to do a Scottish accent ever again. Thank you. I did nothing wrong. I mean, how dare you mock Paul Heyman, who came here, gave up his time in these, in these troubled times that we live in. As a man who recently, I know he's got free time since he was removed from his position in WWE, but that man worked tirelessly on my introduction. He called me late into the night telling me, I'm wrecking my brain how he properly introduced a man of your magnitude in the quizzing world. <laughs> Did he also tell you, night. yes, I have FedEx that check? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he knows a thing or two about bounce checks. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he'll be too mad. But yeah, uh, before we dive into... Uh, to SummerSlam. Well, how are you guys? Uh, are you feeling? Are you excited for SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer? I'm yeah. excited for my SummerSlam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited for both of your SummerSlams, but I it's more than the real one, and I haven't even heard them yet. So, <laughs> to be fair, I'm a little scared of what I wrote uh, for my SummerSlam. There's a lot here. Um, let's. I'm just gonna get this out of the way uh, straight away. Um, I was, uh, what's the best way to put this? Incredibly high when I wrote the, uh, the <laughs> SummerSlam card that I, uh, produced here. Also had a few beers, uh, and over two hours, 
I mentioned these statistics to Scott off air, but I'm going to tell you guys right now. It is three pages, 1,600 words, and 8,500 characters. That is my SummerSlam 2020. And uh, I don't want to build it up too much just in case it's awful. But uh, I'm a little scared of what I wrote here, just based on looking at the opening promo that I'm reading. Should we all do that, Scott? What were you doing whilst you were whilst you were booking SummerSlam? Uh, I wasn't really doing much while I booked like the, the first initial matches that came in my head because I tried to note down ideas as soon as they come to me so I don't like lose them. But uh, one match in particular, I had to work out the fine details for to make it exactly right, and I did it on the bus to my brother's house while an episode of ACU was turned up to full volume while a screaming child that looked somewhat like Honey Boo Boo was just screaming her head off while her mother just sat there and wouldn't do anything. And I'm just there like, yes, yes, I'm suddenly fascinated in these TNT financial numbers. Please tell me more, Eric, while I, I write this random <laughs> thematic match. <laughs> what are you doing, Nathan? Uh, I was, I had cool runnings on in the background. Solid film. Yeah, solid great. film. Fantastic film. So I got a little bit distracted about halfway through. Uh, but otherwise, I was just on the sofa, to be honest. There was one point where my girlfriend asked me if it was okay if you ordered these glasses, like as in drinking glasses. And uh, I wasn't paying attention. And this is true. And I'm going to moan about them on air because one's right next to me. They're fucking awful. <laughs> but this is partly my fault because I wasn't listening. So that is a confession as much as anything. But I don't see why she thought I was going to be listening because I said I was doing something. And I said it was important. Women these days, am I right? Yeah, but yeah, Cool Runnings was on the TV. Like, I think, have you described half the shit that you do on this podcast to her? And if so, I think she's learned that it's really not as important as we make it out to be. It turns out that this is another, she listens to every podcast that I'm on. Because I was telling her a story that I told on one of the episodes of the Naked Men podcast. She was like, oh, no, I'd already heard you tell that story on the podcast. And I was like, why the fuck are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> That's my safe space. Is that why you put in the, you had to make sure you got in the fact that you weren't listening? Because you know she'll probably listen to this and you don't want to sound like an arsehole? Seriously, I, seriously, as he was saying that he was confessing there, I was like, this sounds like his his woman is in the room with him and he's making amends, because as a, as an engaged man myself, if my if my fiance was here, I know I like to drop that in as much as humanly possible. You believe someone actually fucking like is going to marry this? I know it's incredible. Point is is that if my wife my my soon to be wife was in the room, she would probably be looking at me with disdain because the only podcast she's been in the room with me for. I'm going to break kayfabe about it, guys. Um, was when I created uh, my Christmas mascot. If you don't know what my Christmas mascot was, <laughs> go back uh, in the archives and check that out because uh, that was enough for her uh, to hear. And she loves me enough to not listen to this crazy shit that I do. Um, yeah, so that's what it, I knew. I knew that your that your woman had to be listening to this on the back oh, end. Geez. Otherwise, you would have just been like, "And you believe this bitch ordered these fucking cups?" Uh, they are they are a bit shit but um no i don't think she'll bring it up because i don't think she likes them either what are they they're like stemless wine glasses or those never tip over glasses or no some... they're just really they're normal glass they don't have a stem or anything they're like normal glasses but they're super tall but also quite thin 
So whenever you put anything fizzy in there, the air can't get out quick enough. So you go put like a tiny amount of lemonade or something in it, and it just fucking fizzes everywhere. So they're shit. You guys have carbonated lemonade in the UK? You don't? What? What? Oh no, no, that yeah, we have flat lemonade as well. But you do buy lemonade in like a two-liter bottle. It's fizzy. Sorry, just, okay. I'm hearing you, you just scrape these glasses. I mean, the, the struggle is real, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it like, is. Is <laughs> is when I pour when I pour my rogue opinions paid for champagne in there. It's gonna fizzle up. You guys heard it first. Coming to Rogue Opinions merch. Uh, <laughs> champagne. Champagne. Champagne glasses. Only really, sold in magnums of champagne. Really tall, uh, thin glasses so that everything fizzes up over them, even if you're just drinking water. We're, yeah. we're going to make those. We're going to make those. Two guys. liter That's... for pets. <laughs> Again, your, two li- your liter bottle of Pocari Sweat or any other Japanese fizzy water or lit lemonade drink goes into them and fizzes all over the place. Then you can spend an hour cleaning up while you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Lemonade is good, fizzy. Fizzy water. If anyone likes fizzy water listening to this, get the fuck out. <laughs> fizzy water is shit. Yeah, seltzer water is gross. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is awful. It's absolute dog. Well, hopefully, what is an absolute dog, in your opinion, is our SummerSlam cards, and we'll run them down for you now. Oh, listen to that segue. This man, this man is on point. Sometimes I don't think I'll be able to, but, you know, find a way. But we also, we all know what the... Sorry, you said found a way, and I just <laughs> went to Jurassic Park. I hoped, you, I hoped you'd think that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as usual with these kind of podcasts, we have a certain parameters that we work within. And one of those is, uh, I want you guys to know, I want to ask you guys, how many matches do you have, including a possible kickoff match? And how much did your card, I know we discussed this before we started recording, but people don't know that. Uh, how much of this takes place in the PC and how much, if any, takes place on a boat and or beach? Uh, Nathan, I'll start with you. Okay, so I don't have a kickoff show because okay. I I never watch them anyway. <laughs> so I can be but I actually can but the only thing I ever do on is is rip on Sam Roberts whenever I write <laughs> kickoff shows in this, and I couldn't be bothered to do it. Uh, none of it takes place at the PC. Some of it does take place on a boat. A little bit takes place at a beach, and the majority of it takes place somewhere else, which I'm not going to name yet. Until we actually get into the cards. But let me tell you guys, if you know your Florida geography, you'll be super into this. I spent a lot of time on Google Maps. Jesus. <laughs> Dedication, people. Uh, Jimmy, uh, what is... Same question to you. Uh, SummerSlam, my SummerSlam 2020 takes place in three locations. A beach at the PC, and on the boat. I'm going to read this verbatim, by the way. I read, I'm going to read this to you verbatim. It takes place in three locations, beach, PC, on a boat. Full stop, the battle boat. It, it's on international waters, and they've been out there for weeks. All caps, shit has gotten real. The commentators on the boat are more like war reporters. <laughs> okay. That'd be useful having Michael Cole. He is not on the boat. Shit. The only actual war reporter. Yes, yes. 
I have eight matches, including a kickoff match. All of my card, except for one match, takes place on the beach. I had a weird social distancing vision of uh, like when Bash of the Beach '95 and WCW was on a beach, but like the people on the beach are a respectable distance away from each other. And one match takes place on a boat. And I thought to you guys about it. This may be the greatest match I've ever thought of. Like when I describe to you what this match on the boat is like, I don't mean to big up too much, but I used to think that that snap, crackle, pop idea I came up with was my best work on this podcast. <laughs> this is going to top it, I, I guarantee you. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> so, we've uh, got, well, I'm sure we've got a lot to get through. So, Jimmy, I'll let you start. And also, when you're describing, describing your first couple of matches, so, like start with your pre-show. And also, when you guys get to the start of your shows, please, Try and describe if you've thought of like the opening video package, what that will look like. So again, I'm going to read this verbatim. Um, just what I have here. There is no pre-show. Uh, there may have been a pre-show, but it's one of those boring ones where they just show you the like the video packages before the matches that normally take place on the main show, but they're going to show them to you again because they have to fill time. But verbatim, this is what I wrote. Opening promo. We see a group of superstars on a dock. They stand around nervously as Vince McMahon struts up in a full suit and puts on water skis. He makes a speech about that this is supposed to be the biggest party of the summer and then gets yanked away on his skis by a speedboat. He then jumps over a shark like the Fonz in Happy Days. And when he lands, the shark explodes. The superstars for a, pause for a moment before going absolutely nuts and Jungle Boogie plays as they start getting drunk and fighting uh, fighting with their current rivals or whatever. The logo flies up and we see a shot of the beach with a ring on it and has a big-ass boat in the background. Needless to say, fucking pyro everywhere. There are clusters of fans cheering. We get an intro from the PC commentary team of Tom Phillips, Corey Graves, uh, Tom Phillips and Corey Graves, who I'm calling Team No Son. Um, <laughs> they, uh, then we get a beach team uh, intro from Byron Cole. Uh, Byron, Cole, and Joe... Cole is sunburnt with the little like sun sun protecting shit on his nose, like the tip of his nose, because uh, I thought that was funny. Uh, then the boat team of Morrow and Beth. During the intro uh, on the boat, we see the current 24-7 champion, R-Truth, because I, I don't give a shit who it really is. Um, R-Truth fighting off jobbers and stuff. Mind you, this is verbatim. Uh, in the melee, he jumps off the boat with a pool floaty and starts paddling to shore. He is uh, swiftly followed by a group of other jobbers that follow him into the water. And do I go into my first match, or is that is that good there? Well, that's a lot, but if you want to go into your first match, why not? Go ahead. The first match is short, so the first match is the Raw Tag Team title four-way. It takes place at the PC. Uh, Rollins and Murphy versus the Street Profits versus Cedric uh, Alexander and Ricochet versus the Vega Boys, uh, Andrade and... Uh, Angel Garza. That's the other guy. Uh, fast pace opener. Great wrestling things happen. Again, this is verbatim. Um, <laughs> Alistair Black comes back with an eye patch uh, and distracts Rollins and Murphy. The Vega Boys take advantage of the distraction and win the tag belts by pinning Murphy. And we have new tag team, Raw tag team champions, the Vega Boys. Nice. I can imagine that being a solid opener. Uh, Nathan, do you want to start off with your first couple of matches and whatever your intro might be? Okay, let's do this. All right, so there's no pre-show, and I present to you SummerSlam 2020, this year's biggest kahuna. 
live from Destin, Destin, Florida's Big Kahuna's Water and Adventure Park, sponsored by Four Loco. So the, sh- <laughs> the show opens with uh, Bruce Pritchard running into an office where uh, Vince McMahon, surrounded by Four Loco cans, is passed out. Uh, he hasn't actually drunk any. He's just stunned by what amazing ideas everyone has for this show. Uh, it then pans around to as a ring in the middle of Big Kahuna's Water and uh, Water and Adventure Park, and uh, Destin, Florida resident Britney Spears comes down the Honolulu halfpipe as fifty-five thousand dollars worth of pyro lights up the Floridian sky. She then grabs the microphone and performs a perfect acoustic rendition of Toxic. Uh, before introducing the first match to take place in the ring, which is set up in the middle of the park. And I've decided to open with the uh, the women's tag team's titles, Bailey and Sasha Banks, uh, who defeat the Iconics and Lana and Natalia Neidhart. Now, I know what you're thinking, this was a match. It wasn't. It was back to the Honolulu halfpipe, and it was actually a race. <laughs> <laughs> All of them, and this is going to get me into trouble. You can try and cancel me. I'm not going to bother with it. All of them in bikinis, and they're surfing down the half pipe, and it's just a race. <laughs> Amazing. And that's it. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so, as I said, I did have a pre-show. Uh, also, it's mostly takes place on a beach, yet most of the uh, pre-show is on the PC, where we have... a. Uh, Scott Stanford and Peter Rosenberg doing the uh, rundown of the card as we usually do. But instead, they're not—they're not allowed to go to the actual beach. So they're uh, somewhere in the PC with a, C- with a green screen behind them and a CGI beach behind them, <laughs> trying to pretend that they're actually at the beach, but they're not. <laughs> now, going into the show, as as in real life, it is promoted as the Street Profits will defend the Rotai titles on the pre-show against Angel Garza and Andrade, but. At the start of the pre-show, we're told that Andrade and each of us have been pulled from the match as they just can't get along enough and they've just been pulled as Chief Prophet's opponents so we don't know exactly who the opponents will be. So the Street Prophets come out, they do their usual entrance but on the beach, they're running around the little beach, running, interacting with the actual crowd that we've got there and they they cut a promo about smoke or whatever as they talk about and saying they don't care who their new opponents are and out comes the returning Authors of Pain, because I'm not quite sure how long they've been out, but I think we're around about the period where one of them should be healthy enough to come back. And no offence to them, but the Street Profits get squashed by AOP, who become your new Raw Tie Team champions, because Street Profits have been hindered by that weird Viking rear speed, and I think they need something to really get them back. Like They need to be chasing the titles again. So have AOP just run through them, and have them something to actually go for again. Smart. So, yeah, it seems like an obvious one, but I went for it. For the actual intro package, because it's actually on a beach, I've, I've got an actual Baywatch parody. <laughs> <laughs> but it is obviously Mandy Rose doing the full motion run, and then accidentally nudged, budged out of the way by Otis and his big red Baywatch shorts <laughs> running with his money in the pink briefcase. Yeah, remember that? He's my Mr. Money in the Bank. He and I didn't really put much thought. I just the image of Otis doing the slow motion run and accidentally knocking Mandy out of the way just I thought it was enough and then just have a bunch of wrestlers 
running towards the water. Drew McIntyre, Claymore's a shark, like Brock Lesnar in that one SummerSlam advert. Uh, <laughs> and then we did this big panning drone shot around the beach where the show is actually taking place. Commentators on a lifeguard tower uh, overlooking the, the action. We had the team mostly of that's a combination of uh, Corey Graves, Michael Cole, and Samojo just calling all the matches regardless of what brand they're on. And uh, Corey Graves just mocks Cole for not being allowed to be in direct sunlight because he's just so pale. And we have our, our first match. It is Matt Riddle. And I wrote this before that you got attacked by Shorty G on... Or sorry, Chad Gable. <laughs> Never say Shorty G. Uh, before Matt Real got attacked by Jackie, while I wrote this, so I have it that Baron Corns put this King's ransom against Matt Riddle. So basically, he's going to pay whoever can take Matt Riddle out. So I've got I've given us a little interpromotional and a brand matchup where we have a segment on like the Go Home SmackDown where Matt Riddle's in the ring doing his usual thing, and from out the crowd comes Bobby Lashley, and Bobby Lashley spears Matt Riddle. We see a bit of a handshake between MVP and, and Baron Corbin. There's been some agreement came to Matt Lashley and MVP to cash in and get this, this King's Ransom. And MVP gets a promo about, you know, investment into the heart business and stuff like that. And this basically is what Alistair Black versus but Lashley at Mania should have been. Two legit badasses who have MMA records just kicking fuck at each other for 15 minutes before Matt Riddle eventually catches Bobby Lashley's spear with a knee, hits a tombstone, and pins Bobby Lashley. Nice. Damn. Nice. Damn. I, the, you had me at Otis running up in red shorts, <laughs> and by the end of what you said there, I'm fully fully on board for what you got going on. Yeah. It sounds like you booked an actual good wrestling show and not some pantomime horse shit like me and Jimmy. Oh, you have no idea what's about to come. Oh, trust me. Like, you, you, later on when you hear my card, you're going to think differently because there was an actual match I was going to pick with Big E versus AJ Styles. It's a proper straight up wrestling match for the IC Tale, which I think will happen eventually. But I, I got rid of that match for an even sillier option later on. So hold that thought. Smart. That's a smart thing you did. So we go back in the order we went before. We go back to Jimmy for your next couple of matches. Um, all right. I'm going to do... Oof, Jesus. All right. I guess I'm just going to do two because these, these next two are a little longer. Um, the second match on my SummerSlam 2020 is titled The Bro Down at the Beach. It is no DQ, false count anywhere, Matt Riddle and Drew Gulak taking on King Corbin and Shorty G, Chad Gable, um matt and drew enter wearing snazzy mind you i'm reading this verbatim ladies and gentlemen i swear to god this is what i wrote if you don't believe me hit me up on twitter at mr riot i will send you screenshots bro down at the beach no dq matt riddle and drew gulak versus king corbin and shorty g matt and drew enter wearing snazzy sunglasses while they make their entrance uh the heels try to get the advantage by throwing sand in their face. It doesn't work because the, the sunglasses are protective and snazzy. <laughs> they battle around the ring. <laughs> Jesus they battle around the ring down towards the water. Corbin tries to drown Matt while Drew attempts to put a submission on him. Shorty G pulls uh, Drew Gulak away. 
Matt, uh, Matt Riddle fights out and drops Corbin into the water with him. They drift away. Drew and Gable don't notice while they fight. In the middle of the water, Matt Riddle and Corbin have to team up to fight the shark that approached them. Corbin hits an end of days on the shark while Matt Riddle hits a rising knee strike and it explodes from the powerful broness that they've just achieved. Gable and Drew have a great wrestling match that never that seems never ending in a good way until Matt and Corbin wash up on shore. Matt and Corbin find their ways into the ring and a fight breaks down until suplexes and knees for everyone. So many exclamation points. Now, firmly in control, Drew and Matt start to work in submissions. Corbin reaches his scepter and breaks it over Matt's head. He's bleeding, he's bleeding and thrown out of the ring and back into the water. A new shark approaches and Riddle and the shark begin an epic battle. The heels team up and defeat Drew Gulak. King Corbin and Shorty G have won the match. My third match. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's the number one contender, two out of three falls uh, match between Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley. This is the number one contenders match for the WWE title. The, uh, this match takes place on the lower level of the battle boat. Um, the first fall is a match in a fight circle surrounded by other beat-up fighters. They fight until Bobby scores, scores the first fall by submission. KO doesn't tap, he passes out. Second fall, still on the lower level of the boat, they, the competitors are moved into a lion's den where KO picks up the win with a low blow and four pop-up power bombs until the ref stops the fight. The final fall spills out of the den as they battle in a very WWE backstage brawl type segment where they end up uh, fighting in a ring. Sami Zayn returns and hits a halluva kick on Bobby Lashley, which knocks him out. KO hits a frog splash and pins Lashley for the win. As Sami and KO celebrate, Sami turns on Kevin Owens, setting up a program for the next few months. Those are my next two matches. Oh. A lot to digest there in just two matches, especially the first one with the Sharks and everything. Uh, Nathan, we'll go across to you now. Okay, so we're going down to the beach that's near the Big Kahuna's Water and Adventure Park, and that's where all of us have used him, so he's clearly a popular guy at the moment, but it's MVP. And he's still US champion. He comes out with Bobby and Shelton Benjamin, in parentheses, is still the 24-7 champion, I think, question mark. Uh, and he cuts a promo about how crap Destin, Florida is. Uh, well, that brings out mayor of Destin, Florida, Gary Jarvis, who clearly is not thrilled with this. And he's pretty annoyed. He's saying about how things are great in Destin, Florida, and how everyone is looking out for it. As everyone knows, Destin is a destination. And it's a great place to be. Well, that brings out Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali, who comes out to back up to back up Mayor Gary Jarvis. And uh, but then halfway through their back and forth, that's when Gary Jarvis rolls up Shelton Benjamin, and is now your twenty-four-seven uh, champion. So he goes off celebrating. He instantly lights up a cigar. He grabs a four loco. Make sure that Four Loco makes it onto the hard cam because, you know, they paid a lot of money for this sponsorship deal. And uh, so, and then my next match is Ali versus MVP in a beach fight. So I know you're instantly wondering, what's a beach fight? 
Well, a beach fight is very much like kind of a normal wrestling match, except the only way to win is to bury your opponent in sand. So you can wrestle as much as you like. You can do what you want, but you can only win by burying your opponent completely in sand. Uh, So Ali gets to win uh, when Bobby Lashley inadvertently spears MVP when he's trying to get in the way. but uh, But then Ali obviously moves out of the way. And he uh, buries MVP in the sand, only up to his head. It's not a buried alive match. Don't be stupid. So then the camera pans round after that match. That's where we get to the cook-off. And there's a beachside barbecue cook-off. The beach isn't complete without a barbecue. And now Baron Corbin or King Corbin, he's quite famous for all his Instagram videos about how he likes to cook ribs and shit. Uh, So he's going to compete against Guy Fieri. In kind of uh, in kind of a barbecue in kind of a barbecue match, uh, it's going to be judged by kind of just whoever's around. So it's not really people of name or anything like that. It's just whoever's about on the beach is just going to taste their meat, and uh, and no one checked that wording by the way. That was in all the advertisements. It was just taste their meat. And, uh, yeah, no no one bothered. Apparently, we aren't doing phrasing in this season. And uh, Guy Fieri uh, wins, obviously, because he's the boss of Source. And then finally, we kind of cut away to the uh, to the local restaurant near the near the Big Kahuna's Water and Adventure Park, which is a chicken filler, uh, where our truth is skulking around. And I'll let you know what's happening when we come back to me. Nice. Okay. All right. The next couple of bits of mine are just purely, it's been purely wrestling, but trust me, there's some stuff to come. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is have, wrestling? I don't know anymore. Next <laughs> up, we have a four-way match for the women's tag team titles. We have the Iconics. We have the unlikely pairing, however will they get along, of Naomi and Lacey Evans, who have been forced together. And we have the team of, this is bits important, the team of Alexa Bliss, and the new SmackDown Women's Champion, Nikki Cross. Also, again, I wrote this before SmackDown. And we have the team, the defending champions, feeling Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks is also the Raw Women's Champion. Now, obviously, Bailey and Sasha are annoyed because now they don't have all the gold anymore because uh, like, uh, Nikki Cross got the win on SmackDown. Uh, this is elimination, and the... Uh, Naomi and Lacey Evans get eliminated fairly early. They're first to go out because Naomi does most of the work and literally Lacey Evans gets tied in. But literally as soon as she gets tied in, she women's rights uh, Naomi, tags Naomi back in and just leaves her for Bailey Kate to slide in and just pin just pin her right there and there. Smart. That's a smart <laughs> thing Lacey did. Like so that's Nikki Cross have some miscommunication that uh, leads to them getting eliminated, which sees a potential match for the SmackDown Women's Sale between them two. And it comes down to Bailey and Sasha versus the Iconics. Obviously, cause the references back to WrestleMania 35 when uh, the Iconics took the tails from it in the first place. And early in the match, uh, Sasha tried to use one of her boss rings, and obviously it backfired. And then it was left near the side of the ring. Peyton Royce spots at one point. And then uses it on Bailey behind the rest back. Pins Bailey. The Iconics are your new uh, tag team champions. So now 
Bailey and Sasha Banks have lost two of their three titles that they had. Both times, Bailey was the one getting pinned, which is when Sasha suddenly realizes, you know what, I don't need Bailey anymore. She helps her, and then she just hits her with a backbreaker and just like, screw you, we're done, and wanders away with the Raw Women's title. And finally, the Sasha Bailey feud begins, but this time over the Raw Women's title, not the SmackDown Women's title that we've all thought. Ooh. Intrigue. Drama. Good. Drama. Have they considered going to Destin, Florida? (laughs) I don't know. Next up, we have uh, another singles, just playing up strength singles match. We have the Monday Night Messiah, the remover of people's eyes, Seth Rollins, taking on... Shame. 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 I should mention... Byron uh, Saxon came in to replace Samoa Joe during the women's tag matches because he was getting ready for his match because it's Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins. Oh, shit. So, I've noticed that Samoa Joe's been saying for months that someone needs to stop Seth Rollins. And so, a few weeks before this on Raw, they were beating up Humberto Carrillo and then Alistair Black again. And... And eventually, just, someone just like, I can't stand no more. Gets up, sneaks up behind Seth Rollins and catches him with a cocaine clutch and tries to choke him out. And also that pisses Seth off. So someone just says, like, I'm returning to the ring, even if it's just for this one match. I know I'm hurt, but screw it. Someone needs to stop uh, Seth Rollins. And so it's Samoa Joe versus Seth. And basically, again, it's a straight-up wrestling match, but the referee gets knocked down for a bit. So they go over to... There's no steps, so they say to go over to the water, where this time it says Seth decided he's just going to straight up drown Samoa Joe rather than take his eye out. <laughs> and then... At one point, it looks like he's fended off uh, Buddy Murphy. He's fended off Seth Rollins, and suddenly, from underneath the water, he's been there the whole time, Austin City returns. Oh, and... Jesus. Oh. Jesus Christ. And Samoa Joe quickly chokes out Austin City, but then gets caught with a knee from Murphy. And then another from Rollins, they drag him back to the right. It looks like he's done. And then Buddy Murphy grabs a chair. Samoa Joe ducks, and Buddy Murphy cracks Seth Rollins with a chair shot. Joe kicks him out of the ring. Joe picks up Rollins. Muscle buster. I've noticed by past two fantasy bookings that we've done involves Seth Rollins getting killed in some way or another. Not seen a pattern or anything, but <laughs> he gets hit with his muscle buster, pins Rollins, and then casually, like, still in his ring gear, Tells Byron Saxon to get to fuck and puts his headset back on and continues commentating the rest of the show. And I know we're just talking about SummerSlam still, but I'd just like to mention some stuff that's happening after. Basically, Rollins gets up, kicks Murphy in the balls and curb stomps him and basically says, you're not my disciple. So yeah, I've had two breakups uh, already. And then this basically got to lead to a long feud. You just get a comment with a Hell in a Cell match where basically they're going to have a Mufasa Scarlet moment where Seth is sent flying off Hell in a Cell by Buddy and that's that right, right Seth Rollins off to go be with Becky and their child fucking hell like if it's literally Mufasa and Scar like <laughs> Seth climbing the cell and Buddy Murphy just claws into his hands he has his foot in his hand and he also goes down but he says you're not the messiah you're a very <laughs> and no I was just about to say it'd be funny if he if he got a quote wrong like he just grabbed him, he went, "No, I'm your father." <laughs> like, it makes no sense, and then he punches Seth in the face. 
I gotta say, your SummerSlam, Scott, is very, very intriguing so far. I hear, like, Jimmy, we ours is shit compared to his. I mean, I mean, ours is fun and, like, weird and stuff, but his is, like, a good fucking actual yeah, show. a good show. It's <laughs> 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 like an idiot. I based mine about Destin, Florida. <laughs> you did so much research about Destin, Florida. I was starting to think that yours you guys, this was better than mine because you put more thought into the weird side of it, seemingly. Oh. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. I, much like Doug Benson likes to do before his podcast, I got so stoned before I wrote mine out. It literally took me three hours, and just as I was reading it just now, I still have so much coming up that I don't remember writing. Uh, yeah, I was just like, God, I don't know, I want these glasses. I'm going to move to Destin, Florida. Hmm. I make a good summer slam. <laughs> I, I think I, I, you guys spread your weirdness out. I can send Spain to one or two spectacular matches. So the insanity continues, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jimmy, over to you. All right. Well, um, possibly the um, the most wrestling show wrestling match I have on the card is my next match, the WWE title match, which of course takes place at the PC, is uh, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. Because, and again, I'm just reading this verbatim. I know you're probably sick of hearing me saying it, but I am reading this verbatim. Just a really dope match between the two people who should be in this match. Drew goes for a Claymore, but hits the ref by mistake, killing him. Ric Flair comes out and grabs the ref's shirt off of his body. Randy hits an RKO out of nowhere, and in all the confusion, scores the pin. Triple H comes out, and says it doesn't count and demands that the match be restarted. A new ref comes out in full protective padding so he can't be knocked out, and the men continue to wrestle. Randy tries to cheat. Triple H stops it a couple of times. The ref gets distracted with Rick and Drew while Rick tries to interfere, and Triple H hits a pedigree on Randy Orton. He then goes to Rick and escorts him out of the building because he's sundowning. Drew turns around. Again, I'm reading this verbatim. Drew turns means sundowning is uh, a typical thing for when people are suffering from dementia. That uh, typically after sundown, they start to have more like hallucinations and forget, start to forget more things. Like they're more productive in the morning. Um, Drew turns around to see Randy about to punt kick him. Uh, and he hits the Claymore and retains. This sets up Randy and Triple H for a Survivor Series, where Triple H puts his career up. Drew moves on to other things. Huzzah. Literally wrote the word huzzah. <laughs> Number five, the match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship triple threat match on the beach. It's AJ Styles defending against Mustafa Ali and Jeff Hardy. It's a great back and forth match. Ali gets the victory. Crowd loves it. Sheamus costs Hardy the title. AJ takes the pin after the 054 from Ali. Riddle can be seen in the background still fighting the shark from earlier. Um, the next, the third match that I'll, uh, that I'll do here uh, before moving on is the all women's title match at the PC. Sasha and Bailey defending their Raw and SmackDown women's championship matches and the Raw and the SmackDown. Uh, and the women's tag team titles versus Asuka and Nikki Cross. 
Uh, Asuka and Nikki win after a bad miscommunication from Sasha and Bailey, who start fighting. Asuka finally pins Sasha, uh, and the titles have been switched. Bailey and Sasha continue fighting and demand to fight each other tonight. Stephanie McMahon, and this is true. I put this. I put this there in parentheses because, of course, Stephanie McMahon. Close parentheses <laughs> says via Zoom that they will have a match in the main event, but it will take place on the battle boat. We then see two helicopters land outside the performance center and the two are separated and taken to their helicopters to go to the boat. We then go to our truth uh, who washes up on the beach and is happy. He's alive and made it. He's talking to little Jimmy cause he's nuts and here's other wrestlers coming up behind him in the water. He runs off as wrestlers make it to the shore. He runs under a nearby dock where there is an old where there are old wrestling gimmicks hobo camping. There is an entire shanty town under this dock of old wrestling characters. Truth cloaks himself as a hobo and goes and disappears into the shanty town. Other superstars enter and begin looking for Truth. That is uh, all I have for now. Before we move on. Wow, really a lot to get through there. Uh, I look forward to seeing what uh, Archer gets up to. Uh, I like the idea of the main event being improperly booked on the show. Uh, Nathan, what else is going down in uh, Lakeland, Florida, or wherever it is? Uh, it's Destin, Florida. So uh, it said as we left, uh, R-Truth is in the chick filler that's uh, just down the road from Big Kahuna's uh, Hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Point of order, point of order. It's Chick-fil-A. Then why have they got a dash between the F-I-L and the A? Because it was made in the South, and they think they're better. Um, so yeah. it's pronounced Chick-fil-A, and they hate gay people. Oh, shit. That's really going to ruin my next bit. Why uh, do you have an all-gay main event take place in the Chick-fil-A? I don't know. I'm just going to have to bring up Effie quickly. Tell him not to bother. Hey, <laughs> hey, give some respect on Daddy's name, okay? <laughs> no, uh, our truth is in the Chick-fil-A. I'm not, I'm not going to be pre-pressured into pronouncing Bella, it differently. Villa is a 1990s athletic brand. Okay, so R-Truth is skulking around Chick-fil-A <laughs> and uh, in Destin, Florida, where he walks up to the counter and he sees a guy who looks like Rowan. And R-Truth is confused. He's like, hey, are you Rowan? And he's like, no. And R-Truth is like, yeah, you really look like him. He's actually fake Rowan from that SmackDown that time. Oh my God, he's back. Yeah, he's back, and our truth is like, well, look, I'm about to to head down to Morgan Sports Center just down the road to get a little pump on before I got to get on this boat. Uh, can, well, if you're not Rowan and you have been working here for a long time, you can tell me all six meals you can get at Chick Fil A, which are all under 600 calories. And mm-hmm. Rowan is like, well, you could start your morning off right with a chicken, egg, and cheese bagel which is 500 calories, get a fruit cup, which is 60 calories, and then a fry farmer's coffee, which is zero calories for oh, a oh, breakfast. Hold, hold on here. First off, we're not being sponsored by Chick-fil-A, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, just made that clear. Did you actually research the menu for Chick-fil-A for this? 580 calories, you can get bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, which is 420 calories, and you can get <laughs> orange juice, which is 160 calories. Uh, but you know, I've just realized it, it's a pay-per-view. So it's actually eight 30 in the mor- in the evening. So you're not going to want breakfast. So our truth, what you're going to want is a spicy cheese sandwich, which is 450 calories and a kale crunch side, 
which is 120 calories. Uh, but if you don't want that for lunch, you can get a cob salad with grilled nuggets, 400 calories, uh, uh, and then get a nice uh, fat-free honey mustard dressing. And our truth is like, well, it's dinner time, so why would I want lunch? And he's like, you're right, our truth. Uh, so for 530 calories, you can get some gr- grilled nuggets, a small waffle potato fries, and a chick fil a sauce, uh, or get a market salad with some vinaigrette dressing and an ice cream cone. Uh, our truth is like, nah, dog, I'm out. I don't even want this shit. And he just leaves, which takes us into our next match, uh, which is Sonia Deville versus Mandy Rose in the last woman standing match. This is obviously taking place in the Big Cajonas uh, Water and Adventure Park Stadium. I guess it's a stadium. Uh, the match is very back and forth. Otis doesn't get involved at all. And I just think Sonia should probably win, uh, which is the most serious thing you're going to hear me say on this show. And that's all I've got to say for now. I have some uh, I have some leftover chicken from dinner earlier that I didn't finish in my fridge right now. And I want it so bad right now after you read that. It's on the panini and everything. It's just I just had to eat it up. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry now. Why aren't you guys happy? Fake Rowan's back. I'm I'm ecstatic that uh, Fake Rowan is back. I was wondering yeah. what happened to him ever since. And he got a job at Ch- he got a job at Destin, Florida's Chick Fil A. I've heard the Chick Fil A's uh, down south are way better than the ones more northern. So oh, yeah. uh, good for him. Good for him. You got six options for under six hundred calories. That's a deal if I've ever fucking heard one. So is that you for now, Nathan? That's me for now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, up next is for the Universal Championship. We have the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, taking on the champion, Braun Strowman. Before then, uh, when Joe comes back to commentary, uh, before they throw the video, after they send the video package, uh, Michael Cole says to Joe, well, you get have a chance to catch your breath after that big match, Joe, because apparently we're throwing over to some special correspondence for this next match. And cue the Firefly Funhouse music, Bray, as fun as Bray cuts some thick foreboding words about the fiend coming and says, who better call the action than two legends of the business? Cut two. Our small tailors can sit up at ringside on the beach with Mercy the Buzzard and Huskies the Pig Boy as your commentators. But a little bit of a difference this time. We have uh, Huskies, parentheses, the pig, close parentheses, uh, boy, with who's wearing a <laughs> who's wearing who's wearing a crown, similar a la Jerry Lawler, and we have good old BM Mercy Buzzard. Good old BM. Who's <laughs> wearing a cowboy hat? <laughs> wearing a cowboy hat. Like I no had a good particular. old. Hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had a good old BM this morning, and I I don't know if it was wearing a cowboy hat or not, but you know. Jeez Louise, good old BM. Oh my God. Good old BM, Mercy the Buzzard. And basically, throughout the match, Mercy the Buzzard throws out uh, athletic stats to the Braun in high school that don't actually exist. <laughs> and uh, Puskis inquires as to whether or not, uh, uh, whether or not uh, Braun has dogs at home and whether or not any of them are puppies yet. Uh, that is, that is to add some levity to the fact that the, mean, the Fiend basically murders Braun Strowman in quick order, as it should be. The Fiend just 
kills Braun and went, takes back the Universal Championship and just holds it until, say, Mania next year. But yeah, I put more thought into the actual commentary a bit here because I don't think The Fiend versus Braun actually should go that long. I think Braun should get murdered here because the, uh, the appeal of him as Universal Champion wore off very quickly. I think it's always big BM is involved. <laughs> good old. That just big. sounds like a good, rem- like a good morning dump, like a regular. <laughs> just like it's, it's just quick. It's easy. You have one of those ghost poops where you get like one or two wipes and you're clean. Yeah, exactly. And you're lucky. You, it's a good, it's a good morning. You br- your uh, bros, your bros, are like, oh, you had a good BM this morning. You're like, yeah, I had a real Brad Maddox this morning. Hey. And uh, a BM is uh, something that would quite describe the quality of a certain AEW commentator, but we'll move on. <laughs> Guys, a real, a real big mustard. Guys, this is the moment I've been waiting for. This is what I've been leading up to in my entire card. Oh, Ladies shit. and gentlemen, I present to you the following contest for the 24-7 championship. It is the Over the Boat Battle Royal. <laughs> it's a battle royal on a boat. There is no ring. To be eliminated, you must throw your opponent off the boat. The last person who remaining besides the person who's obviously driving the boat is the winner and the new 24-7 champion. This is open to anyone. And I wanted to call it a different name, and I'll tell you the name at the end, but I know for a fact they wouldn't call it this. <laughs> so I just went with just the over-the-boat battle royal. And uh, I'll note down some key points that actually happened in this match. This is the bit I put most detail into. So, we open with, in the lower deck, uh, MVP and Shelton Benjamin. MVP talking about how confident he is that Shelton Benjamin will retain the 24-7 championship. He says he has a, a yacht uh, boat three times this size to host the after party on and uh, cheer Bobby Lashley up when we get back after he's lost to, uh, to uh, Matt Riddle. Our tristics up behind... Uh, Shelton Benjamin pins him celebrates like yeah I'm the 24-7 champion and it's quickly reminded that's not how you win the title you must it's an elimination you must throw people off the boat to win R-Truth is confused and then in his confusion MVP and Shelton Benjamin both collectively grab him and throw him off the boat R-Truth is the first man eliminated and R-Truth just looks like he doesn't know how to swim either so there's a lot of puns they're like where's my floaty there and they just throw him a random ring out <laughs> uh, Benjamin gets a few eliminations of some war card people and he's like all confident and all that you have like you, they pipe in the ain't no soft music over it and then you hear Shelton Benjamin and Shelton's like oh no <laughs> it's, the, it's the grand return of Shelton Benjamin's no. mama god damn it <laughs> he says to him where the hell have you been she's wearing a mask by the way uh, she's like, where the hell have you been up and where it's like, there's a pandemic going on in Europe, gallivanting on some boat. And like, mom, I'm trying to defend the 24th century. Like, I don't care, you're coming home with me. She grabs Shelton Benjamin by the ear and of drags course. him away. Yes. MVP is just left standing there looking like, what the fuck's going on? He's holding the 24 7 title. And uh, you hear an argument answer via his mum's permission, Shelton Benjamin is eliminated from this battle royal. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And despite he's not technically not being a competitor in the match, uh, Ricochet sneaks up behind MVP and throws him off the boat too. Nia <laughs> uh, Jackson, Shayna Baszler are brawling on the upper deck of the boat. 
that were in the same clothes they wore on a Raw that happened the week before this. And just as it's implied that they've been brawling for a week like the chicken and Pierre Griffin. And the Shabies are throwing Naya off the boat. And I'm sorry if this offends people. I threw off the boat and it creates such a wave that it washes over the deck and just soaks, completely soaks Shayna Baszler, which they're off. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> I'm speechless. Uh, yeah, I'm, speechless. That's, that's not funny. It's really funny, Scott. <laughs> that's, that's fucking hilarious, dude. So, I'm so, so offended. <laughs> I am I am triggered. I am triggered that you would say these things. Dude, it's so fucking funny. Yeah, it's so goddamn funny. That's so good. Mate, I love it. So then, there's poor Akira Tozawa standing there with his ninjas. She is angry that she's got wet. This is her best gear. So she chokes out the ninjas and Akira Tozawa gets rid of them as well. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Mr. Morrison are on the boat and Otis hits them over the head with a money back PK, tries to cash in on them to win the title. Again, it's told that's not how it works. Otis is thrown off by Mesa Morrison. His, his money back briefcase goes into the water as well. And that's and Otis lands in the water like, where the hell's my briefcase? Take, take. And the <laughs> Rose comes up and kicks Miz in the balls and throws him off the boat. <laughs> so standing up for her, man. Uh, the final bit I've got here, I'm not going to each individual elimination here. Oh, actually, I did have her, but I forgot about how Shayna Beasley gets eliminated. She get, has a run-in with the Hurricane, who just... And Shayna Beasley goes, weren't you fired? No. Unfortunately, Citizen Helms is unfortunately furloughed. He cannot be here today. But I am here to stand up for justice. <laughs> and justice. And tries to choke slam Shayna off the boat. She tries. She nearly breaks his arm and sends him flying off the boat as well. <laughs> Jesus, good God! <laughs> Asuka eventually eliminates Shayna, and it comes down to Asuka and Dolph Ziggler. Fuck and you, off! And you forget that Dolph Ziggler is Dolph Ziggler forgets that Asuka's there. He thinks he's won, and he's the shadow looming over him. You're like, what the hell's that? You see, just off the pulling up alongside this boat. Is a massive pirate ship. And who's at the helm of that pirate ship? You guessed it, Kyrie Sane. And Dolph is just in awe of the size of this pirate ship. Turns around, gets hits with the mist in the face from Asuka, and falls up, stumbles himself off the boat. Asuka wins, is your new 24 7 champion. Kyrie swings a rope across to the boat. Asuka swings on it with the belt and joins Kyrie on the pirate ship. Kyrie shows Asuka a map. For treasure, they're gonna look for the treasure of one-eyed Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> we 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 discover who's actually been driving the boat this whole time. It just pans round as the pirate ship sails away into the sun, and it's Vince McMahon sailing the boat, thinking, "Wow, now that is some good shit." <laughs> and you see the back of the boat where it says, "The sexy bitch." It's been on Vince McMahon's boat this whole time. And I was originally going to call this the Sexy Bitch Battle Royal. Amazing. Amazing. Welcome welcome to the biggest party of the summer, by the way, Scott, because you've just made the most insane and glorious thing I've ever listened to. Thank you. Thank you. I'm out, I'm out of breath after that, so please, Jimmy, tell us more about your summer song. I need to catch my breath. 
Well, while Scott catches his breath, um, next up is my WWE Universal title elimination chamber match that takes place on the boat. Braun Strowman defends against Bray Wyatt versus The Miz versus Morrison versus Otis versus Big E. And again, I'm reading this verbatim. Miz and Otis start the match. Morrison is next, uh, and they double-team Otis. He begins to make a comeback as Big E enters the cage. The sun starts to flicker, in parentheses, because Bray can apparently control planets and moons, in parentheses, and Bray turns into the Fiend. The Fiend appears in Braun's holding cell of the Elimination Chamber, and they fight briefly until Bray makes him disappear. That's it. They're gone for the show. The heels beat up the bigger man the best as they can until Miz gets eliminated by Big E and Otis and Morrison fight uh, while this is happening and Miz is pissed at him for not helping. While Morrison tries to talk Miz down from being so angry that he didn't help, Otis and Big E hit the trash compactor on them and eliminate Morrison. For those who don't remember, trash compactor is the name of the finisher that Tucker and Otis used as a tag team. Otis and Big E slap meat uh, till <laughs> that literally wrote Otis and Big E slap meat till E hits the big ending and becomes universal champ for the first time. And as I scroll back down, cause I switched the order of a few things. The next match is the SmackDown tag team title open challenge that takes place in the performance center as Cesaro and Nakamura take on Imperium. Big surprise matchup as these two teams start off beating the holy hell out of one another. Great match that goes about 10 minutes until both teams are knocked down and just barely don't make the count of 10 back into the ring. They both complain to the refs as the Undisputed Era arrive and attack both teams. They demand that the match be restarted, and it is. And after 15 more minutes, the Undisputed Era of Fish and O'Reilly become the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, really fun match there that goes about 25 minutes or so uh, between three teams that know really how to wrestle. And I would love to see that match. Um, we see our truth. Uh, we go back to the 24 seven debacle that's been going on the rest of this show. Uh, we see our truth running through the hobo encampment, uh, trying to escape the superstars. They catch up to him and surround him as the screen suddenly becomes letterbox um, as if it's in an old Western or an anime. Um, they fight. Uh, for a moment until a shout is heard. It's Dolph Ziggler. He demands that he gets his shot at truth. They fight West Side Story style until Dolph Ziggler stops the silliness. The screen goes back to normal and hits a low blow and a zigzag and wins the belt. Superstars attempt to approach Dolph Ziggler when he throws the title into the water and says, there, this stupid thing can drown for all I care. And he leaves. The superstars go after the sinking title, and they and the title aren't seen again until Raw the next week. That's uh, that's all I got until my main event. Oh. Uh, you've just got your main event left. Yeah, I just have my main event left, yeah. Because when we come back to me, I've only got two matches left. I was just making sure. Uh, Nathan? All right, so last we saw, our truth is at uh, Chick-fil-A or however you want to see it, and Sonia beat Manny DeVille. So Miz and Morrison appear. They're walking down the beachfront when uh, the washed-up body of Dolph Ziggler 
comes out of the ocean. Instantly, the screen goes black and white, and for some reason, Miz and Morrison, still in their ring gear, have long coats on, but kind of detective hats. Uh, you know, the detective hats they clearly had in the 40s or 50s. I don't know, have you ever seen a movie? And uh, they they crouch down in front of it and start to try and solve the movie. Uh, not the movie, sorry, the murder. And this flashbacks to the ring. Uh, at Big Kahuna's Water and Adventure Park, where Ricochet and Alexander uh, face the Street Profits, the uh, Viking Raiders, and Lashley and Benjamin in a Big Kahuna ladder match for the Raw Tag Team titles. Now, you think that name means there's some special rules to it. There's not. It's just sponsored. And it's just a ladder match. Uh, Ricochet and Alexander win in a cool and competitive match. It's awesome. Lots of flips, yo. Uh, then uh, back to the ring that's on the beach side as Bianca Belair faces Sasha Banks, Asuka, and Ruby Riot for the Raw Women's title. In a fatal four-way, uh, Bianca Belair gets the win. Uh, interesting, because Bailey costs Sasha Banks the match. Ooh. Drama. All of her Karen hair and everything. And the final thing I've got to say at the moment is that it flashbacks to R-Truth, who is punching his ticket to get on a mysterious cruise liner. How much of your your card have you got left? Because I'll say, me and Jimmy have just got a couple of bits left. I have uh, one. You know what? I'll do one more thing. So uh, after R-Truth boards a mysterious cruise liner, we come back to Big Kahuna's Water and Adventure Park uh, Arena, sponsored by Four Loco, where the IC title is on the line as Shorty G, King Corbin, and Matt Riddle challenge AJ Styles. And yeah, it's just a quality match. AJ Styles gets to win with the Four Loco sponsored Phenomenal Forearm. The Four nominal forearm? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry about that. I don't feel good about that. No. <laughs> so I've got one, two, three. I do have four matches left. Jesus Christ. There's a lot going on. Jesus. I don't know if I could, I could sit through that link to your summer plan. Well, me talking. Well, yeah. <laughs> So I only have two matches left. I'll go through them now. Yeah. First off is for the WWE Championship. Yes, WWE title is not the main event, but you'll see why in a moment. It's Drew McIntyre defending against Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton's music hits. Uh, Ric Flair comes in directly, but we don't see Randy Orton. His music plays for ages, but he still doesn't come out. They then play Drew's music. Drew's like walking down the beach looking at Flair, like, what are you guys up to? And then hiding underneath the sand and popping out from out of nowhere. Randy Orton hits an RKO on a Drew <laughs> on the rampway. He's just covered in sand. And then they get in the ring. Still, the ring cameras are just covered in sand <laughs> as the match progresses. Uh, uh, Ric Flair actually has a full-on heart attack when Drew tries to apply a figure four. Oh, Jesus Jesus Rick Christ. Flair <laughs> has a mask on and Drew tries to get, tries to get him tries to get in his face after he keeps interfering in the match but Rick like you can't hit me I've got a mask on like get two metres away from me <laughs> uh, Drew at the Claymore doesn't work another RKO doesn't, isn't enough 
and Drew has hits the future shot, he says set round up for another heel and starts mocking Orton by doing the old like stomping on the mat that Randy used to do before setting up for the RKO. And like who's stupid now he says goes for the Claymore, Randy Orton moves, it's another third RKO punt kick, Randy Orton is the new WWE Jeez. champion. <gasps> so this out, is the biggest shock. It turned out <laughs> Drew was stupid. <laughs> Drew's like, who's stupid now? Ah, it was me. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't believe you booked your fellow Scotsman to lose the WWE title. I'm expecting a twist. Scott, is there a twist? No. Jesus. Wow. To leave leave our SummerSlam creator insanity thing, do you... Because it's obviously happening. Do you actually think at the moment, Randy Orton should beat Drew McIntyre. Yeah, but Drew is going to win it back. But we're not picking that right now. I'm picking Randy Orton to win at SummerSlam. Uh, but in real in real life, WWE, you think Randy Orton should win at SummerSlam? Yeah, because he's the only believable thing they've got right now if they're not Jeez. bringing Lesnar back. No, I mean, he makes a point. He that's makes mad. A point. That's, that's mad. I never would have thought you would have gone for that. Not just because I think you're horribly biased and a disgusting human being. But. Jesus Christ, you two. <laughs> Here I was thinking the beef would have gotten settled during our quiz, but apparently there's still some bad blood here, guys. We might have to go into hell in a cell. There's, there's <laughs> always beef. So much so much, so much, haggis between the two of us. But uh, oh. some interesting intrigue for the future of both the WWE and Universal titles. As uh, later on, after as before we go to the main event, we have Bobby Lashley wander around the beach on the phone MVP saying, what the hell do you mean his mum came and got him? So we both, so we all lost, like this is going to take a big kick to the heart business and then Lashley's like, where the hell are you? And then Lashley sees something off camera and he's like, you know what? I think business is about to get booming. I'll call call you guys when you get back to shore. He took the phone down. What's washed up on shore? The money in the bank briefcase. Bobby Lashley takes the money in the bank briefcase with him and wanders off. So now Otis now has to try and fight Bobby Lashley to get his money in the bank briefcase back. Jesus. That, I am stunned by what has happened in the last two segments of your uh, your SummerSlam. I think, I think I'd like to see Bobby Lashley with the money in the bank case because I'm sorry to say I know there's probably a reason for it, but Otis has done fuck all. But guys, you might you might. I might redeem myself when I tell you my main event. Because originally, I was just going to have AJ versus Big E and the undercard. And I was straight out wrestling match the Intercontinental title. I've taken Big E out of it for now. Because, ladies and gentlemen, your main event of the evening is a buried alive match for the Intercontinental Championship. AJ Styles versus The Undertaker. Fuck. This, is, this takes place on a way down the beach, further away, uh, a different end from where the rest of the match stuff is happening. There's just a big hot pit in the middle of the beach. Winner is the person who throws the other person in and then just have this digger just pour all this sand on top of the other. Undertaker rides his motorbike down to the beach because, of course, he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to imagine that this part's where he just gets stuck and he's just spinning sand onto people. <laughs> uh, the, the build up to this is basically AJ's been having PTSD spills from uh, getting buried at Wrestlemania 
an undertaker, he knows his days are numbered and he he decides, no, I've not actually held the Intercontinental title yet, so you and me at SummerSlam and this is the main event. Uh, undertaker beats the hell out of uh, AJ Styles. They make references to the good brother saying, like, there's no one to help you now. Where are your brothers now? And Undertaker even says, like, this throws him in the pit at one point, but AJ fights out. He goes, did that feel flat to you? Uh, making references to the rumors of AJ being a flat earther. Uh, he AJ, just thinks he just thinks the theories are interesting. Okay, <laughs> they're interesting in the sense that like people who think it's okay to not wash their hands after they go to the toilet are interesting, but like it's not. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, Tiger goes to get on the digger. Uh, AJ fights back, throws some sand in Tiger's face. Gets on Taker's motorbike and tries to run him over at one point, uh, but can't get the motorbike started and then just drives off in a completely different direction and goes flying off the thing. And Undertaker just talks about how, how much of an idiot he is. Low blow from AJ, and AJ hits a phenomenal form, shot with the belt, throws on Undertaker, and basically says, Time for your last ride. Click, hits the digger, Undertaker is buried alive. AJ Styles retains the title and in my world, that's the last you see of The Undertaker. That is the end of The Undertaker. He's buried alive and we never see him again. Fuck. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know what to do with that information. What a fucking crazy left turn the end of your show took. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the reaction to Randy Orton winning to than you guys were. I of all people, I just I didn't did expect that. you to yeah. book Drew McIntyre to lose against Randy Orton. I mean, it makes sense, but like, I didn't think you would then say that you—that's what you think should happen in real life. It really stunned me, like genuinely. I don't know where else went with it. Like, Drew's had a good run, but no one's been that, that believable is... to win. So it's cool. you're, you're, a, you're a massive traitor. It's fine. <laughs> I am not. I should, I've had this debate with many people. I should not support people and think they should win everything just because they also have it to be Scottish. I supported Drew at WrestleMania. I think he should lose here, but he sh- he will win it back. I've, I'm prefacing that a lot here. It's cool. Randy Orton's the best. <laughs> he won the greatest wrestling match of all time. So, yes, he is. <laughs> That's 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 a stone cold fact right there. Like I don't, I, I'm pretty sure there could be more to that AJ Undertaker match, but like I knew AJ was going to win. Like it's Undertaker and AJ Styles having a fight on a beach. I mean, that just writes itself. That it does. That <laughs> it does. So uh, that's my card done, uh, Jimmy. How does your card? And I'm assuming uh, it's not as left field as mine. The. Well, this fucking bold. <laughs> well, well, you guys are getting me shit for how I feel mine, so I want to see how yours ends. Jesus, yeah, we still have four more, ma- uh, three more matches of yours to go, uh, Nathan. I'm going to give you guys two options when it gets to me. You can either have skimmed apart from the main event, or I can give all of it. It's entirely up to you guys. So wait, you did a choose your own adventure, <laughs> SummerSlam. Uh, no, that bit is winged off the top of my head because I didn't realize there'd be so much left at the end of mine. Okay. 
So I think that's because I padded out the middle so much between matches. But I'm happy to skim over some of the just shit. <laughs> to be fair, Nathan, it's after half past one in the morning here, and you spent a good five minutes describing the Chick-fil-A menu. So, yeah, I think a skimmed version of it, except for the main event, is preferred for me. Well, there, there you go. There you go. It's fine. Okay, so my uh, SummerSlam comes to a close with the ultimate grudge fight, last woman, sta- last woman standing match on top of the battle boat in a ring at the very, very top. The helicopters land, Bailey and Sasha exit and run to the ring. The helicopters take off because all the other people who have been on the battle boat for weeks at a time are hungry, and uh, the helicopters weren't instructed to take them, so they leave. Um, They start to fight uh, on top of this boat, and it goes, you know, roughly 25 minutes or so. Bailey is struggling to get to her feet as a loud shriek is heard. Sasha turns to see a bloody and hooded Alexa Bliss who is flanked by the fiend. She hits Sasha with the mandible claw and Bailey is the only one to reach her feet. Bailey wins. uh, But before she could go to Sasha and check on her, the ring splits open and Alexa and the fiend drag Sasha away. As the pay-per-view goes off the air, we hear a mixture of Bray's evil laugh with Alexa also laughing. What could this mean? I don't know. Not my problem to book. And that was my SummerSlam. You gave me, you gave me two from our SummerSlam, Jesus. Yours is the most demonic ending to a preview I've ever heard. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Nathan, uh, sometime this century, we could hear the end of your card. <laughs> okay, so the WWE SmackDown Women's title is on the line. Io Shirai defeats Bailey. Yes, she's still NXT Women's Champion. Sasha Banks costs Bailey the match. Kind of. Bailey looked like she was going to lose anyway, but then she got a little bit of the advantage. Sasha Banks cost it. Snoop Dogg was there. There was weed involved. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Hardy uh, defeats Sheamus in a bar crawl match. Okay, you're wondering what a bar crawl match is. They obviously start off at different bars. They call to different bars, blah, blah, blah. You know what a bar is. It ends in McGuire's Irish pub of Destin, Florida. You can find it on 33 US and 98. Uh, Drew McIntyre <laughs> defeats Randy Orton for the WWE title, blah, blah, blah. He wins. Okay, here we are. Haunted Boat match. It is Bray Wyatt with Sister Abigail in parentheses Alexa Bliss. Uh, taken on Braun Strowman for the WWE Universal title aboard, aboard what turns out to be a haunted cruise liner. Why is it haunted? No one's driving it. Uh, R-Truth is on board. That's why he was punching his ticket. He gets thrown off halfway through. They fight in the engine room. The engine breaks. The boat starts sinking. There's an iceberg at one point. There's some ref- there's some references to movies. They cut to Kent Watanabe at one point who just appears and looks up to the camera and goes, let them fight. It was going to be hilarious, but they want a skimmed version of this. And Bray Wyatt wins. The final scene of the pay-per-view is the ship sinking in the background. The Fiend mask and the title washes up on shore. Who picks it up? Money in the bank title. Money in the bank briefcase holder, Otis, picks up both items. Done. You said we watched a skin version. We said, we said except for the main event. You could have went into more detail. So. Yeah, but oh. I did. <laughs> that was a lot of fighting. Our truth got thrown over. There were some movie references to Under Siege at one point. Oh, Under Siege is dope. 
Yeah, right? The best movie of all time. I wouldn't go that far, but it's dope. <laughs> yeah, I was going to make fun of... No, no, no. There was a warship involved at one point. Steven how Seagal did none was of us, How did none of us do a battleship reference? <laughs> what, the movie battleship? The movie battleship. What, the one with Rihanna? Yes. Because it's shit. Yeah, but, I mean... Under have Siege you, have you been paying attention? <laughs> I'm just saying that how at no point does... It, it's more of a, uh, of a thing on me where the battle boat should have definitely fought the boat from uh, Battleship or whatever. Anyway, not... Well, not I, had the boat, I had the boat from Under Siege turn up at one point. <laughs> USS Missouri. Steven Seagal, who I know is problematic at these points. But Tommy Lee Jones was there and he's not problematic. I mean, just depends on what your definition of problematic is. Yeah, being racist is problematic. It's a good <laughs> movie, though. It's a good movie. A Gary Busey's in it. He's not problematic. Probably. Handle <laughs> painting. <laughs> <laughs> you ever been to McGuire's Irish pub? Jimmy? No, no, I was uh, far too young when I was in Florida. Yes, there are some rules in Florida. 4.7 out of 5 on Google. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, doesn't do delivery. I noted that down as just a hilarious thing. That if you Google um, bars in places now, there's got a big X if they do delivery, which made me think, like, what bar does delivery? Like, Uh, ever. There's an app called, I think it's called Boozy. Or whatever, where you can get Jesus. your booze delivered. Why not just call it, I've got a problem. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> if you're calling it boozy. <laughs> just, just, just put three dots at the start of the uh, the logo and then put, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> no, if you download it and order, it just goes, nah, man. Like, you're <laughs> cool. Um, other things that notably got missed out in mind, Alison Hannigan turned up at one point. Why? Uh, why? Hang on. Scroll, scroll, scroll. She slapped Bailey in the face. Okay, but that, I, don't, I feel like that doesn't answer Scott's question. Oh, I don't, that's not an answer. Like, it's just more explanation and more questions that need to be answered. Like, why is she there? Honestly, not prepared to tell you. <laughs> so you're, you're prepared to give me the entire... Uh, menu of Chick-fil-A but you're not prepared to tell me why Alison Hagen is here to slap Bailey in the face nope you can find out at Survivor Series <laughs> fucking hell so that is uh, all three of our summer slams no one doubt they won't even go to a boat or a beach they'll probably just the whole thing in the PC and try it look basically summary and it'll look shit compared to our, our summer slam. But, you know. Guys, which summer slam would you rather see? <laughs> <or> these? <laughs> I'm just laughing. I think Jimmy's dead. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the fact that, that Scott was like, so wait, you're prepared to give me the entire fucking menu from a Chick-fil-A in Florida, but you can't tell me why Allison Hannigan showed up to your summer slam? Mm-hmm. 
Nah, he also the skim version. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, all right. I'm back. Uh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Ooh, sipping, sipping on the beer. Sipping on the beer. So. What was the question? Who's <laughs> SummerSlam would you rather see out of these three? Um, honestly, from a wrestling standpoint, yours yours sounds like just a quality wrestling show. Yeah. With a little bit of craziness. Jimmy's, um, I don't know. I'm going to, I don't know where to get acid from, but I'm going to need some before I watch it. Uh, mine, nah, man. I don't like Florida that much, so probably just yours. It's okay. It's okay. Nobody likes Florida that much. <laughs> that was the joke. That was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't know a lot about Chick Fil A. I mean, I know more now than I did before, especially that one particular Chick Fil A. Uh, after your one uh, decent bit. I'd maybe, I'd maybe say Jerry's, you know, you could, could use more Randy Orton winning, but, you know, apparently that's just me. Uh, well, I mean, I had to set up the ultimate uh, the ultimate uh, final match for Triple H, and in my opinion, uh, that is uh, Triple H versus Randy Orton um, for Survivor Series. Uh, but as I said at the end of my SummerSlam, what could this mean? I don't know. It's not my problem to book. Um so um, I, I'm gonna have to agree with Nathan on a wrestling standpoint. I would definitely go with uh, with your card, Scott. I think your your show is probably like the most like awesome, like regular, just sort of wrestling show, and it was like really on point with what's going on. Mine is um, I don't even fucking know anymore. <laughs> um, mine, my I like my ending a lot. Like having read it back, I actually kind of super enjoy. Uh, the Bailey and Sasha ending up on the thing. And then the fiend comes with uh, Alexa after what happened this week on SmackDown. Um, And Nathan, yours was just, for the lack of a better term, I'm just going to say chock full of information. All right. Don't worry, guys. I've just just asked Alison Hannigan if she wants to come to SamSlam 2020 on Twitter. Yours... Nathan, yours, I could basically describe yours as yours as the dissertation of fantasy booking. That is what yours was. I think, like, for, for what mine is, it's a case study in should I go to Destin, Florida? You That's seem pretty enough. prepared to. No, no, I'm not going to go. But should you? I don't know. Did you find what I said funny? If yes, go. If no, I don't know. <laughs> that is the dissertation for the ending of a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just the tone, the inflection. If you liked it, cool. If you didn't, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that's uh, the time to wrap it up there. Maybe the speaking committee will re-adjourn our own Survivors. You guys seem to have ideas that go along to some Survivors, so... Maybe we'll come back then. Until then, you can find us at Rogue underscore thing. You can let us know there which uh, you'd rather watch. Are you from, uh, insert name here, Florida? Where Destin. 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 It's so easy to remember. (laughs) It's like Destiny without the E sound. 
Destin is a destination. That's literally their tourist quote. Are you from Destination X, uh, Florida? <laughs> Have you seen Malcolm X? <laughs> if you are from that place in Florida and are annoyed to be not able to remember the name of your, your town or are annoyed at the, what I said about Nijax, please give me your honest criticism uh, at uh, Ben underscore EBRT. <laughs> yes! Yes. I'm sure all complaints will be dealt with in a simple, orderly fashion. But uh, if you're not going to give a shit about that, uh, you can check out our back catalogue on all good Android podcasts and sites, everything we've done, other fantasy book and stuff, uh, quizzes where I came triumphant against Nathan. <laughs> I'm not I'm not bragging at all. I'm just so humble. Uh, another, every second day, it feels like another fucking football podcast is out. So if you're into that sort of thing... <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like football. Wow. Uh, Nathan, just what, you, what you else you got going on? I was just going to bring up Jimmy. Do you hear how, since I mentioned Alison Hannigan was on my summer sun, but I won't say how she is, how he suddenly got angrier. Because I feel like he's wondering what she did. I'm not, I'm not annoyed. I'm slightly annoyed that you went through the entire chocolate menu. It's, uh, it's almost two in the fucking morning here. I want to go in my bed. Tell me what fucking plugs it was. What are you and Ben doing without any clothes on or whatever it is you guys doing that podcast? <laughs> without any clothes on, I can't say because we might get thrown off of several networks. Uh, but you can find me at Nathan Greenaway, the Naked Men podcast, which is probably what his joke was about. Uh, it trundles along nicely uh, by the time this goes up you'll be able to look back and see we did the Naked Men news where we just covered all sorts of news items that we might have missed from about the last six months and uh, yeah we're going to be doing a watch along of Velocipaster there's a watch along up of the Eurovision the Will, F- Will Ferrell watch along uh, sorry the Will Ferrell Eurovision movie the saga of the Fire Saga. So I've completely butchered that name. Yeah, what I, I don't even know where it is anywhere. Is he is he Wolf Errol or is he at Eurovision? Is he it's doing Eurovision? It? The Story of Fire Saga. Sorry for butchering that name. The Story of Fire Saga. And yeah, there's a just a fucking lot of sports podcasts. Which, if you're the editor of all of these, is just great. <laughs> Jimmy, what the fuck are you up to? Does anything, uh, any of it have to do with Alison Hannigan? Well, uh, other than my nightly rewatch of How I Met Your Mother, uh, not a lot of my life is... Um, every episode. <laughs> every single episode. I watch all nine nightly. seasons. I watch all nine seasons of How I Met Your Mother every single night before I go to bed. Uh, that's why I never sleep. Um, uh, Alison Hannigan, hit me up. You're gorgeous. I love you. Um but uh, yeah, if uh, if you've been paying attention at all, I'm not sure if the replay at this point is up on YouTube. But if you haven't seen MV Young's um, outdoor polycult party, go check that out over on twitch.tv slash GoPro Wrestling or on YouTube somewhere else. Uh, you can check the socials for that. I am at Mr. Riot. Uh, if you're nasty, that's uh, M-R-R-I-0-T because Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid. I am still recovering from the end of this podcast. Um, Pro Wrestling Magic still trucks along. Uh, we're doing stuff with Grimm's Toy Show. 
uh, a lot of stuff is going on over there. That's at Wrestling Magic on Twitter, uh, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Magic. Uh, the whole rest of the shit is up there. I don't fucking know anymore. Scott, you gave your plugs right. Can I do my outro real quick? Uh, yeah, sure. Peace All right, ladies it. and gentlemen. So if you loved this, you loved everything else, and you're going back and you figured out everything else, wait until we come back because we've had enough of us, and I'm sure you've had enough of us. So get the fuck out of our faces, would you? Let's go. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me because I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Take a look at me. Straight floating on a boat on the deep blue sea. Busted by night wind whipping out my coat. You can't stop me, motherfucker, cause I'm on a boat. Picture drink. I'm on a boat, bitch. We drinking Santana Champ, cause.